Thank God when the Holy Spirit is present, it makes it a whole lot easier. <laughs> Amen. How many love the Lord this morning? Amen. I want to pray before we start. You know, those that are listening on the internet, we welcome you into our service. I believe God's going to touch you. And if you want to contact us, support this work, we, you can go on Facebook and you can find our information out, how to get in touch with us. And we'd welcome your, your support. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you again. And I just pray that the word would come alive this morning. And I glorify and honor you in Jesus' name. You know, Thursday night, we were praying. And, and probably around the last 15 minutes of, uh, before we finished, God spoke a word to me. And I want to tell you, it was strong, brother, sister. I have wept before him. I've, I've, I've asked him, Lord, what do you want me to do? How, how do you want this message this morning to, to be spoken? And, you know, I've been feeling myself, I, I just turned it, I've just been feeling myself with preaching, good preaching of old-time preachers like David Wilkerson, I said earlier. I mean, he just ministered to me and he's, you know, things that they said 50 years ago are happening today. Just like they said it would happen or just like he said it would happen. And, you know, God is trying to speak to his church. And I'm going to talk a little bit about something. I'm, I'm kind of maybe even next week even. I want to talk about the end times. Amen. And I want to talk about it because Jesus had brought it out in, in Matthew uh, 24 and Luke 21. and He talks about his coming. Amen. What it's going to be like when, it's, when, it's, when he comes. Amen. I want you to turn me to Matthew 24 uh, real quick. And uh, well, let's believe the Lord's going to speak this morning. Okay. It's a good day. Because what I'm going to share with you this morning, uh, uh, majority of churches don't even want to talk about, really. We talk about Jesus is coming, that cramps our style. It, it makes everybody uncomfortable. It makes everybody say, well, am I right for his return? Well, you ought to be checking your heart out, seeing if you're ready for the coming of the Lord. There's a verse I want to stick up. I'm going to go to Matthew first because I want to show you something. The Lord is speaking to us this morning about his coming. He's telling the Jewish people. See, back then in Matthew, Matthew was pretty much trying to convince the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. If you read the stories of, uh, uh, of the, uh, Matthew, you ever studied the book of Matthew. Ma Matthew started by the genealogy of Jesus, and he wanted to prove to the Jews that Jesus was the son of David. And he goes back. And he, he quotes all these names and be God this one and this one be God, until it got to David. I mean, until it got to David and it got to, to him. And the book of Matthew is dealing with mainly trying to convince the Jewish people that Jesus who is the Messiah. Of course, we take it for us too because all the gospel is for any believer. But his main principle is trying to reach the Jews. And he's bringing them to a time where it's going to happen on this earth where there's going to be a great tribulation. That the Jewish nation is going to fall into the hands of the Antichrist. And it's going to be horrible. It's not going to be a time like it ever was on the earth before. But Jesus gave a forerunner of what was to come before that would happen. You'd have to study the book of Matthew, especially chapter 24. And you find out Jesus is trying to convince when the disciples came and said, Lord, what shall be the sign of you coming? And the end of the world, or the end of the age. I heard something yesterday, and it's, it's right, I believe it. 
You see, we have what they call a pre-runner of the Holy Spirit. When we call the latter rain, that's the time when Jesus is going to pour out the Spirit in the last days like we're in today. But that was the, 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 the former rain, which with the disciples, I believe, honestly, that's just me. The disciples got the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the church began. Well, the Lord started establishing his, his word of the cross into the, in the book of Acts. But that's going to be a, a, a last day revival, I believe. Okay, I could be wrong, but I, I, I believe it. That God's going to make an outreach. I feel the Holy Ghost. This one more time. Come. Come into my house. I'm coming. Prepare your heart. Man, I feel that. Praise God. Every believer in this church has, the, has to prepare his heart for the coming of the Lord. Every believer that's listening to me on the internet has to prepare your heart. Jesus says this in, in verse 3. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives in chapter 24 of Matthew, the disciples came to him privately and tell us, When shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming in the end of the world, the end of, your, the, end of the age? What's going to be the pre-runner before you return? How are we going to know when you're coming back? The very first thing he said, and I, and I take this, and I see it more and more today with the false teachers and the false prophets. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, or saying, coming in the name of Jesus, using his name to deceive many. And I said that, man, what, what preachers, <laughs> men call themselves Christians are going to deceive people. <laughs> you know, Jesus told him, he said, they're going to come and they're going to say, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. How? How could they, they be used of the Lord and turn around and God casts them out? But he said it like this, take heed that no man deceive you. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and deceive many. Now, we're living in a, in, in a very deceptive time in, a, in, a, in this country. Well, I've never seen so many lies coming out from behind a pulpit than I've ever saw. And I don't want to talk about names. I'm just talking about that was the very first warning. that Jesus, It's very important that Jesus' word is in your heart. And the truth of the word is in your heart. Listen, just because somebody calls himself a preacher, that don't make him a preacher of the gospel. When they start making excuses and start lying directly, contrary to this book, run. Do not have to listen to a lying preacher. If you know the word, don't listen. Turn them off. When they, they start saying things that the Bible is very clear is an abomination... And they start saying, well, we accept any, all the homosexuals and all the LGB and all. It don't matter anymore. Everybody's welcome. That's dangerous. Because Jesus said a little leaven, a leaven the whole lump. I remember years ago in the Lafayette area, a preacher told, told a story about he allowed a couple of lesbians to sit in the church. He says, I'm going to let God deal with them. I'm not going to tell them nothing. And when they left, they took about seven other young ladies with them. Made them lesbians. You can't let sin sit in the church. You can't let, listen, I, I feel the Holy Ghost saying that. You can't let perverts sit in the church and think they're all right with God when they're not. 
It's an abomination, the Bible says. When a preacher says it doesn't matter what you are, there's one preacher right now, Charles Stanley's son. He says, you can come here, we'll accept you, you're saved, you're LGB, you're welcome. No, you're not welcome. God is not going to accept perversion in his house. Now, I know it's people that might get mad at me listening to this over the internet. I don't care. Jesus said to take heed that no man deceive you. The Bible says, let not a man lay with another man as he laid with a woman. It's an abomination. God hates it. Go read Leviticus. That's what it says. But he warns us, y'all, about great deception that would take place in the end times. I've been serving the Lord a long time, and some of you may be longer than me, but believe Tell, tell the truth, you never saw it as bad as you've seen it now. There's a flood of perversion that's coming into the church and calling it Christian, and it's not. I wrote something down, and I'm going to read it to you in a minute, a few minutes. That don't tell me you love God if you don't love his word. <laughs> My God, come on, somebody. Don't tell me you're a Christian if you can't follow the word of God. You're not a Christian. If you have no love and passion for the Word of God, then forget it. You're not saved. And that's a strong statement, but it's the truth. I didn't write this book. You can love Jesus, you can love His Word, right? You love Jesus, you can love His commandments. This is how He said, how you know you love me if you keep my commandments. And He goes on. I want you to turn with me because I wanted to hit that point before I got too far. Oh. I want you to turn with Ezekiel, no, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 56. And I'm going to show you something. What, what, what is the Lord warning us of? How do we know when a man is lying to us? You got a Bible, right? You got a book in front of you, right? You see, a preacher or a prophet or someone in that calling is considered a watchman. Right? <laughs> you see, when he, when he sees trouble coming, he sets off an alarm. When he sees someone not living right, somebody denying God's word, somebody that's not doing what they should do, he sets off an alarm. The watchman was on the wall. And he's watching when the enemies come. You can imagine these cities, these ancient cities where they had these big old walls and and they had people placed on those walls. And if, if the enemy would come around, the watchman would blow a trumpet. He'd make a cry some kind of way. He'd let them know. The enemies are coming. Get ready. Wake up. Let's, let's go to battles. Like, don't let them take our city. And that's what, that was the job of a watchman. You know, a preacher, I'm a watchman of this church. I got to make sure that what I see behind this pulpit is the Word of God, right? And if, if it's not the Word of God, then it's not God. <laughs> it's me, right? And I look at this stuff and I say, how dangerous is it for a preacher, a pastor, or a prophet, or whoever that proclaims the name of God when he's going to stand before the Lord, he's going to be in a whole lot more hot water than the, the, the common Christian because he holds the Word in his hand. And he has the right to speak it. According to God's spirit. That was, that's his job. Verse 10 says this. Talking about his watchmen. His watchmen are blind. They close their eyes. Come on Holy Ghost. They close their eyes. They don't see the enemy coming. They just choose not to say anything. 
They choose not to warn anybody. They're arrogant. You know, arrogant. You know, they, they think they can walk over on people and walk over on God and, and think that they're really the God of, of, of the church. And they're not. Come on, somebody. They're arrogant. Boastful. And I could put a few more names in there. Praise God of what they're like. They are all dumb dogs. <laughs> Listen to me, praise God. They cannot bark. Listen, if I see sin in your life, and I come to you, and I tell you, I, I better bark. Barrows, that's sin. Pride is bark, 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 sin. Lust is bark, 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 sin. Come on, somebody. I got to be. I better go be a good barker. When I see these people in the church not living right, and start dapping into all men, I say, I got to bark. bark I'm not a good dog barker, but hallelujah, I can bark. <laughs> and God is calling us as ministers and those that are listening on the internet to bark. Don't sit there, oh, lazy old dog. It makes me think of old Clampett's dog, uh, Duke. You never see Duke bark. <laughs> He's always on the front porch, his head laid down. That's what preachers are like. You know, somebody comes to break in the house, no, they don't bark. <laughs> huh? Oh, I'm going to give myself in trouble. <laughs> they don't bark. They're dumb dogs. Warming up the ground. That's all they're doing. We need some barking preachers in this country. Praise God. We need some barking preachers in the church. Right? We need to be barking. Huh? Bark, bark. See it? Bark, bark. You see somebody in your family doing something not right. Bark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> they cannot bark. You know why? They're too doggone lazy. No offending gospels. You know what I'm saying? Preaching another Jesus. A loving Jesus that don't say nothing to nobody. No warn nobody of nothing. Right? They're, they just sit there. Sit there and think they're Christians. And think they're holy. And think they know the word of God. And think they're showing compassion. Let me tell you something. My sin was sent, taking me to hell. And I didn't need a preacher now to tell me. I, I, it, it, it was. I was going to a devil's hell. You know what? If I wouldn't have given my life to Jesus Christ and started making some changes, I'm still not perfect. I'm changing every day. I'm growing every day. But listen, I heard a lot of barking. I thank God they barked at me. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I thank God somebody barked at me and said, that ain't right, Lanny. Come on, Bark. Bark. <laughs> they lying down loving their slumber. Just laying like old Duke, right? Not too many times you seen old Duke get up. When he was ready to eat, he got up, right? Sleeping, lying down, lazy old dog, right? Yes, they are greedy dogs. Come on, somebody. The only time they get up, Chucky, to eat. They, every time the, 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 the master calls for the food, there they are. <laughs> They're the first ones in the row, right? They wouldn't bark, but they, they love to eat, <laughs> right? Yes, they're greedy dogs. That's what the Bible calls them. These watchmen, these, these warners, these, 
these protectors of the body of Christ, these so-called preachers, <laughs> won't bark. But don't call them late for lunch. Right? Wait, I'm coming there. <laughs> They're out there begging. They don't mind begging. They like to beg. They're all, and the scripture says this. It says, yes, they are greedy dogs which have, which never have enough. They always want more, more, more. They want more, more money, more fame, more, more arrogance, more, more pride, more, look at me. Huh? Come on. And they are shepherds with that which cannot understand. They have no desire to preach salvation. They have no desire to preach repentance. They have no desire to preach hell. They have no desire to make anyone uncomfortable. As long as it's coming in. Let's keep everybody happy. Let's make everything comfortable. Or we can fill this church tomorrow if you want. Just tell everybody, you can live, you can live, you can still go into heaven, you can be in a fornicator, you can be in a, a, a homosexual, you can be a drunk, you can be a, a dope smoker, you can be all that, just come, we just love you into heaven. No, you, I can't love you into heaven. There's no loving in the, anybody into heaven that's living in corruption and sin. Come on, somebody, I hate to be blood, but it's the truth. If you're listening to me today and you have sin in your life and you know it's offending God, you better straighten it out. Right? That was the number one warning that Jesus gave. They're going to have many that are going to come and deceive many. Possible in the scripture said they're going to deceive the very elect. Those that are called, he, they'll deceive them. Boy, it's quiet in here, praise God. <laughs> but see, they're greedy dogs. They, they always want, they never have enough. There are shepherds who cannot understand. They don't know what repentance is. They don't know what coming to Christ is. Or if they do, they, they reject it. Right? They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to bring it up. No blood. I heard one preacher, we don't want to preach the blood. That's too much of a bloody religion. Well, you better preach it. <laughs> Come on. One preacher said he won't preach the blood. One said he won't even mention sin in his church. Well, he's not God's preacher. He's people. It might be the people's preacher, but he's not God's preacher. Right? But yet, if you say something against one of these people, you consider it. A troublemaker. You can see they're trying to rock the apple cart, so to speak. No. Paul called them by name. He called Alexander out. He called a lot of them out. He called them. These people are deceitful. They're teaching another Jesus. Another gospel. That is not the gospel of Jesus. How many know what the gospel of Jesus Christ? Turn from your sins. Come to the cross and find salvation and hope. And live a godly and a holy life. That's the gospel. That's what the gospel is about. And find hope in Jesus. Listen, I can't live a holy life without Jesus. I can't, live a, I can't live a righteous life without Jesus. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the blood, the power of what he did at Calvary. I can't. It's impossible. And he says, everyone, his own gain. He's looking for his own way. He's looking for what he can gain out of it. Everyone for his own gain. He says, let me, let me, let me read. They, are all, they are all look to their own way. I, I passed up that part, but it's, I need to read it. They are all looking for their own way. <laughs> they want to do it their way. They want to they build their church their way. They want to they build the kingdom of God their way. Right? 
You ought to hear the new fads that are coming up. Brothers and sisters, it blow your mind, the stupid things that are coming out of the so-called preacher's mouths. I mean, it's, it's always blaspheming. That's what it is. They're placing everything else on something other than the Bible. They'll write a new book. Some preacher write a new book. That's our new book, Bible. Oh, come on, a, a new phrase. That's our new fad. That's our new gospel. My gospel is still the same. Come on, somebody. My gospel is Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary 2000, delivered me from my sinful life and saved me from the fires of hell. That's the gospel. You can get mad at it all you want. It's the truth. Because somebody writes a book on, on three ways or five ways or ten ways how you can have a better life. That don't make it the gospel. <laughs> Come on. And he says this in verse 12. Oh, let me finish reading. For everyone his own gain. He's preaching for his own pocket, his own, his own flesh. Me, me, me. Give it. Let's see how much me can get out of this. Huh? Come. In verse 12, one says, I will bring wine. And I will, and it says, and we will fill ourselves with intoxicating drink or strong drink. Tomorrow will be as today. Don't worry about it. Jesus ain't coming. It's going to be, everybody's been saying that. Peter said, they, they said, they said the Lord, I've been hearing that since uh, the beginning of creation. I've been hearing that forever. Jesus is coming. And you know what? They're going to get laid back. They're going to start drinking with the drunkards. They're going to start doing what the world is doing. I'm going to, I'm going to, let me read something to you. Praise God. I don't, I don't want to go too ahead of myself. I had wrote this down. There's some things that, that, you need to look for when this is all about, you see, this is the kind of world's going to be existing. This kind of church is going to be existing when Jesus comes back. You ever stop and read about in John chapter 8, verse 28 to 54 around there? Jesus gives this, these are some Jewish people that came to Jesus that believed him. They believed, but they wouldn't accept Many people today say, well, I believe God, but don't know, do you believe him? See, Jesus, they knew Jesus was special. They knew Jesus was the Messiah. They said, these Jews followed, they believed him. But at the end of this chapter, they wanted to kill him. <laughs> How many people you think would, you go to some churches today and start telling them what I'm sharing with you right now, would run you out of the church? How dare you put this sin condemnation upon my church? How dare you say this and say that and say this and say that? You're making people feel sin consciousness. Well, maybe they need to feel that. Right? Maybe they're too comfortable. But I ain't got time to read. I'm going to read what I wrote down. And I said, number one, just because someone says he's a believer, that don't mean they believe. Right? That doesn't mean, somebody said, oh, I'm a Christian. That doesn't mean they're a Christian. Right? How do you know something's growing off a tree that's, that's supposed to be? You see the fruit, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Listen, if you're a banana tree, you don't give apples. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It ain't going to work. Apples give apples and bananas give bananas and grapes give grapes and strawberries give strawberries. You're not going to get <laughs> anything other than what that tree is supposed to produce. You can say you believe all you want. 
But is the fruit there? Right? And God is warning us. So listen, preach. I'm not going to keep you too much, too, too long today, but I just want to start this message off. And I might continue because we need to understand what the end times is about. The end times is going to be a time of corruption like you've never seen. We've got more churches out there than you can shake a stick at. But man, we've got an unholy nation like we have. It's, it's ungodly. Where are the preachers? Where are the Jeremiah's and the Ezekiel's and the John the Baptist's? Right? Where's the Apostle Paul's? And I can go on and on and name a few. Where are they? You know, I was leaving home Thursday night. I was, going, I was on 11. You know what came to my mind? The Lord spoke to my heart again. He said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. John the Baptist did that. But today, we need some John the Baptists. Cry out to the church. I'm crying out even on the internet. If you think you can get away with sin and live for God, don't be lied to. Find you somebody that can preach the gospel to you. Repent of your sins and find you a church that believes the truth. That's what you need to do. Right? Just because you said you believe, that don't make you a believer. The devil believes, the Bible says, and he trembles. And I wrote this down. No... No one is a true believer that, don't, that doesn't have a plan, the, the word placed in his heart. So if you can call yourself a believer all you want, if that word is not in your heart, if the word is not operating in your heart, if you don't judge things by the word, if you have no desire for the word, if you have no desire to read it, no desire to pray, no desire, listen, don't call, don't call yourself a believer. You're not. If you, can't, if you find more entertainment in the world and not in God's word, you're not. Then I know, listen, you might get mad at me. I'll get that same way. Sometimes my flesh gets a little weak. And sometimes I want to drift away. But I got to bring myself back. We've all been through that. Don't mean you're lost. Because sometimes we draw a little call, right? We come back and we say, God, forgive me. I want to get back into your word. I'm realizing more and more that the word is the, more, the only positive thing I see today. I can't find it in government. I can't find it in religion. I can't find it in people. It's got to be his word. That's the only thing that's still standing, right? How many times this Bible has been in a persecution? You still got one, right? How many men, men and women died backing this book up? It didn't back up the purpose-driven life. It didn't back up all them other books. It was this book that a lot of our brothers and sisters lost their life on. Because they believed the word. It's going to cost you to believe. Listen, I, I hope, pray that before the, that the, the Lord would come and just take us off. He, and I believe that's going to happen. But there's, no, there's nothing that's going to say you're going to have to suffer persecution. Because you remember, these apostles and all these Christians through, through when the church was established all died waiting for the same thing you're waiting for. They were murdered, thrown to lions, and sawed in half. And I mean, all kind of burned alive, waiting for the same thing we were waiting for. It'd be great if he just could come and take us all out. We wouldn't have to see that. I'm not telling you, you're not going to have to die for Christ. You're not going to be in a seven-year tribulation, but you, uh, Christians are dying right now. More Christians are dying throughout the world than at any time in, in history. You know? Muslims are cutting their heads left and right, man, over there in the Muslim nation. The Catholic Church is still involved with a lot of that. People want to get mad at me, but they're the, they were some of the greatest murders of Christians there were through the Inquisitions. And listen, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. It says here, and I was writing this down. 
If, there, if there's no love, and I said that earlier, for the word, there's no love for God. If you don't love God's word, you can't love God, right? Let me say that again. If you don't love God's word, you don't love God. Because his word is his love. His word is, what a lot of people like to quote, is a love letter from the Lord. If you don't love this book, don't tell me you love God. Because you can't love God outside his word, right? If a church does not want to separate from the world, it's not the church of God, right? I was writing this down. The Lord just revealing. If the church does not want to separate from the world, if the church wants to do what the world is doing, it's not a church of God. We accept in all kinds of things that the world is blatantly mocking God with, and we say, oh, it's all right. We just Christianize it. We'll, 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 we'll make it Christ-like. No, you can't do that. Just because you put a Christian name on it doesn't change the sin. Come on, somebody. Okay. Churches that can get involved with all this stuff, Super Bowl parties and Halloween parties and, and this party and that party and say it's okay. It's not okay. God calls it sin. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. God calls it sin. God says don't honor me and worship me like the pagans worship their God. You can't bring things into the church and just because you put a name on it or try to change it, make it sound Christian, make it right. It's not. And it's happening every day in the modern church. Well, it got me so mad. I was watching it. They had a lady. And first of all, the Bible says, let not a woman take authority of a man in the church. The church the pastor should be a man. I'm not being a male chauvinist because that's what the Bible says, right? None of the apostles were women. Those seven that were called, you know, to take affairs of the church, all men. The Bible says that an elder should be the husband of one wife, not the wife of one husband. And now, listen, they got some women that could sing and love the Lord and minister and stuff. That's great. I mean, prophesy even in the book of Acts. But the pastor of church, it should be a man. But now you had a woman over there. I was watching this. Listen, I'm not lying to you. She's up there claiming to be the pastor, and she's got an LGB flag right over her vest. And she's she's. Oh, man, she's just preaching, man. She thinks she's, she's lost. She doesn't know God. Or if she does, she better repent and get out from where she's at. Because it's not true. Oh, boy, I'm going to get some good looks. From <laughs> godly like women. And some of the most godliest people in the Bible were women. Right? Not taking away from the woman. But in a church, the pastor is a man. You know? And that's what the Bible teaches. I didn't write that. But it says here, we, the church today is running neck and neck with the world. The pastors are having just as much divorces. Ministers are getting divorced just as much as the world is getting divorced. You can't be the husband of six wives or ten wives. They said one wife, right? That's what it says in the Bible. And that's a New Testament commandment by Paul. But now you got women... Overseeing the churches and boards and, and stuff like that? Come on, somebody. Well, where's the backbone in the so-called men of the church, right? Those are supposed to be leading the spirit. The women have to take the spiritual part because the men are too lazy to do something about it. You ought to lead your wife into prayer. You ought to lead your house into holiness. You ought to lead your, your family into the right way. Not, not your wife. She's there to support you and pray for you and encourage you on it. But it should, you can be responsible. 
I'm going to be responsible. You're going to be responsible for what happens in your house. I know it's tough, but it's the truth. <laughs> God puts that at your step, men. Not at the women. But now, it's accepted today. I mean, you know, you got women preachers, you got women pastors, you got whole women running churches today. You got lazy men that don't want to get up and do what God called them to do, right? Okay. I know most of the you know, women in here, how could you get mad at me? No, it's the truth. It says here, and I'm, I'm reading what I wrote, okay? We're looking at today, and I'm looking at this one part. Take, take heed that no man deceive you. That's the first commandment I, that Jesus warned that would happen before he'd come back, right? Take heed that no man deceive you. And, and it's happening. Let me read this to you. If the church does not want to separate from God, I mean from the world, get out of it. None of people listen to me on the internet. If you're in a church that is allowing the world to come in and the pastor doesn't want to do anything about it, run. If he can't find a place of repentance, if he can't find a place to allow holiness and the truth of God's word to come in, you don't need to be in it. Run. They got some good churches out there. They got churches that are preaching the gospel. They got churches, preachers that are standing up behind pulpit and they're not loved. They're not accepted by the modern church because they, they tell the truth. Right? And I, I, I encourage those preachers that are listening, those preachers out there. If you're preaching this Bible, don't back down. Praise God. Stand on it. And it says here, I was writing this stuff down. Uh, number five. Just because they use the Bible, it doesn't mean they believe it. <laughs> huh? Okay. Just because they use the Bible, that doesn't mean they believe it. How many Christians going to their pastor say, Pastor, you said this, but the Bible says this. I had one preacher one time, and I love him, and I think he's a great man of God. I went to him one time. And he had some stuff in the church right in the front. And I went to him. I said, that ain't right. I said, that, that, that's against God. And you know what? Thank God he accepted what I had to say. And when I come back out of the church to go back home, it was, the thing that he had out there was all gone. He had, he had erased it. <laughs> but you know, he told me, he said, Lenny, if people would come and warn the preachers like you just did to me, the church would be a better church. Not because you know, I, I, just, I didn't feel right with it. I, I thought it was ungodly. I thought it was promoting Satan. And you know, you look at stuff like that, they, they, they got preachers that will hear you, right? But they got those that sitting on their thrones that think they're, they're, they're the gods of the church and, and whatever they say, despite what the word says, is gospel. It's not. If it's not in this book, it's, it's, it's not God. It's not, for, it's not the Lord. We got a special revelation of a such and such and such and such. I don't care what your revelation is, brother. If it ain't in this book, it ain't God. My word have I said in your heart that you will not, I will not sin against you. The Bible says, 
And that's the first thing as a Christian. Listen, we're a young church. We, I mean, we're not, we're not, we, the church has been here maybe 50 years, maybe. Sister Kathy, you all know how long it's been here. Probably about 50 something when it started. Still young, basically. Compared to a lot of churches that have been here two, three, four hundred years. I hear churches, uh, this church has been here for 300 years or 200 years. You know, so basically, but they're not preaching the gospel. A lot of them. The reason why this church is still standing is because I believe in all my heart. It preached the gospel. It preached repentance. It preached getting right. You know, I was thinking about this morning. I was praying. And I could hear Brother Coon's voice. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. How is he coming just any day now? How is he coming? He's coming to get us. How is he coming on a snow white cloud? And I was walking on the tears coming on my eyes. I feel the Holy Ghost just say, I would just do, Jesus is coming. I look like a yo-yo going in a circle. And that's basically almost all I was doing. And the presence of God filled this, I was filling this place. I felt it, man. He's coming. Somebody, Jesus is coming. What is he coming for? He's coming for a church that's without spot or blemish. You don't hear that scripture quoted no more either. You don't hear he's coming for a holy church, a church surrendered and sold out to Jesus. You don't hear that anymore. He's coming for a church that just loves the Lord, and that's all we need to do. No, it's more than that. You know, you love him, you're going to obey him, right? You love him, you're going to follow his word. You love him, you're going to keep this word in your heart. For, uh, number six, find a church. Now, again, I'm talking to those that may be listening on the Internet, that the Word of God is preached, right? <laughs> Depart from me, he said. And what I meant by that is that the world, you know, the Bible says that, come out from the world, be separated, said the Lord. Now be your God and you shall be my people. I want you to turn to one, a scripture, and this is what I'm going to, End up with Ezekiel, uh, chapter 20. For y'all that don't know, and, and, and listen, just because somebody graces the door of a church, I don't make them a Christian, right? There's going to be a call made in heaven. The Lord's going to choose those that are His. Ezekiel is talking about a shepherd. You know, a shepherd would have a corral or he'd have a, 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 a little narrow path where he'd pass the sheep down, you know. And what he would do, y'all, he had a rod and he would wrap a, a red ribbon around it. So as the sheep were passing, the ones that he would choose, he'd touch them with that rod. You know, I thought about that and I said, you know what? There are preachers that are coming down that row that he's not going to touch. There are church leaders that he is going to pass down there that he's not going to call. There are people that prophesy and do many things that he's not going to touch with that rod. <laughs> Let me read this to you. I said, man. Can't you see it? Can't you see yourself in that line? And when he gets to you, will he put that rod down and touch you? 
and say, this is the one I've chosen. And he says in verse 36 of chapter uh, 20 of Ezekiel, just as I pleased my cause to your father, and he's talking to the children of Israel, all right? I made a plea to them. I said, this is, this is what I told you, Father, those that come out of Egypt, all right? He says this, just as I plead my cause with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of you, so will I plead my cause with you. You know God's telling us that today, brother Lawrence? He's pleading with us. He's warning us. He said, please, I'm, 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 making my, I'm, I'm telling you what I want. This is what I expect of you. This is how I want you to be, right? This is, this is the walk that I call for you. This is the covenant I made with you. And he says this. Says the Lord, I will make you pass under the rod. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to have the rod out. I'm going to make you pass on that rod. You're in that little corral deal where you want one sheep behind another. That's, that's me, that's you, that's everybody. We're in that little, that little corral and you're walking forward. Says, I'm going to make you pass under that rod. See, he's got his rod up. He's going, you know, he, all the sheep are passing. And the, one sh the sheep that he does not touch. And you see, there's a mark that is, we talk about that mark of the beast, but there's a mark of God that's going to be put on each one of us. And it's going to be put to seal you. You are God's property. You are God's child. You are the one he's chosen. And he says here, I will, I will make you pass under the rod and I will bring you into the bonds of the covenant. See, you can't get to heaven without being in God's covenant. You can't, be, you can't get to heaven without being sold out. You can't be, you know, the Bible says in, in, in uh, Revelation, you know, I'd rather you cold or hot because you're lukewarm. I'll spew you out of my mouth. God says, I'd rather you be backslidden, I'd rather you be hot than to be lukewarm halfway. You got to be sold out. You know, when the Jesus talked about prophecy in the last day, he's going to bring before him the sheep and the goats. He's going to separate the sheep from the goat. Goat, that's called a sheep and goat judgment. What are you? <laughs> are you a sheep or a goat? And that's the point, is that he's making, he's separating the just from the unjust. Right? The good from the evil. The, the covenant people from the uncovenant people. And he got his rod out and he's, he's stretching it out and, and the sheep are passing under, under that rod. And he says, I will, he says this, I will porch out from among you the rebels. <laughs> from among you and those who transgress against me. And I will bring them out of the country where they dwell. But they shall not enter into the land of Israel. In other words, we, we look at it today that God's going to purchase church. He's going to purge out the rebels. He's going to purge out the ungodly. He's going to purge out those that are offending and have broken his covenant. And he says, you want to live like that? Go live like that. Face the judgment of God. But for those that he cho chooses, we got to live a right life, a holy life, a just life before the Lord. So when he passes by, listen, I don't care how good the sheep li live, but if there's a rebel in their heart, he's going to let them pass by without putting his, his rod down. I don't care how good they sound. I don't care how religious they are. I don't care how good they look. 
could be the last one on the, on the road that's sick and it doesn't have much to offer, he put his rod down. Because my Bible says, he, him that is weak, then I am strong. Right? It's when I'm weak, then you're strong. Sometimes God's just looking for the hurter, hurting Yvette. For those that, are, that love him, that, that's struggling, that's, that want to serve God with their life. And these rich, fat sheep pass by, think they got it all together. They can buy God at any wink. Any snap, they can tell God what they want and what they want. God will jump at their every command. No, he's going to let them pass by. The pride, he's going to let it pass by. The bitterness, those that are in bitterness, going to let it pass by. Those that have unforgiveness, he'll let them pass by. No matter how good they look, how churchy they look, they're going to pass by. And he's not going to touch them with that rod. And if he doesn't touch them, then they're not his. Right? I know that's tough, but it's the truth. I want to be right with God. And this is a personal thing between me and the Lord. And that should be for you too. How do we be right with God? We just do what his word says. Listen, I have joyable times lately worshiping. Because I can see he is the only way. More than I've ever saw in all my Christian life. That Jesus is the only way. And I don't want to set my affection on the things of this world, Jesus said. You know, don't, don't worry about the affairs of this life. Worry about worshiping God and setting your affection upon those things that are above and not beneath. So many Christians, and I was one of them, get so bogged down with life. And so get bogged down with other things and forget that God is my, my Savior. He's the one that I need to worship. Some people are not here today because they get caught up in other things, right? They feel it's more important than coming to church and hearing the word of God. And those that got those that are sick, I'm not knocking those. I'm saying that I'm saying when we can be here, when we know that God has called us as Christians to gather together. This is important. Do not forsake the assembly of yourself together as the man or some are. The Bible says we need to come together to worship. To talk about Jesus. To learn from one another. To, to sharpen each other's iron, the Bible says. Iron sharpened iron. It's important that fellowship is established in each one of us. And I learned that years ago. I've learned that in my early walk with the Lord that I have to be here. Because I'm going to miss something. Right? And we need to grow in the grace of God. We need to grow in the oneness as, as a body. And I want to challenge you, praise God. To obey the Lord, right? So we're learning something. One of the things that we're going to deal with before Jesus comes back is a, a backslidden church. The Bible says, Paul says it like this, in the last days there's going to be a great falling away. I've never saw it bad like it is now. I didn't, seriously, I've, I've never saw so many Christians falling away. It don't have to be us, right? It don't have to. It might be just a few here today, but we can serve God with our lives. Amen? See, so don't look to me to, to save you. I can't. I can give you the word. You're going to have to go on. By, you're going to have to build your faith with the Lord, your relationship with the Lord. And as we come together, we strengthen each other. I'm not saying we're not important to each other because we do. You know, we are important to each other. We need to be there for one another and help strengthen each other. But when it comes down to this, Jesus is the only Savior you got. Jesus is the only hope you have. His word is the only truth that you need. Listen, what you need to do 
It's just get into his word. Get into seeking his face. You know, it don't take a whole lot. 15, 20 minutes a day just on your knees waiting and listening. And getting a verse out, a word out from the Lord. Open your Bible and look to, look to the Lord for your answer. I want to be, when, he's, when I'm a passing that role, I'll just playing you a minute ago. The role that, that the sheep are in, I want, that, I want that rod to come down on me. Y'all. I want that rod to touch me. I want that rod to, I've chosen you, Lanny. I've chosen this one. I've chosen that one. But I'm going to be honest with you, and I heard a preacher say that yesterday, and I, I had never heard nobody say that till I said it a, a, few, a few weeks back, a month back. There's not going to be a whole lot of people in heaven. He said the same thing. He said, don't look for a whole lot of people going to heaven. Because you got to pass on the God's rod before you get there. Right? you got to pass on the God's rod for acceptance. And you know what he's going to The only way he's going to accept is Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. That's that red ribbon. If that red ribbon represents the blood of Jesus, falls upon you, hey, you're ready. <laughs> you're ready to go. You're ready to meet Jesus. Hallelujah. Thursday night, I'm going to close. I can close the Bible for a minute. Close it. When I was praying, I almost felt like he, he, was, he was coming Thursday night. So you said, I don't know. Just a, it's not, it's not going to be long. It's like we're waiting, you know, but it's not going to be long. Well, Brother Leonard, we've been saying that in here for years. It's the day closer. <laughs> but it's, you know, more than. If you read your Bible long enough, you see what's going on. The corruption is so bad in America. The Bible says because iniquity is going to abound, the love of many is going to grow, grow cold. There's some cold people in this country, y'all in this world. They, they, they hate, hate and, and, and divide and destroy. Anything you put on TV lately, you can see the death in it, the sin in it. I can't watch TV no more. <laughs> it's getting that bad. My wife would tell you, I'm doing this. I said, maybe we can find something. Hard, I can't. We have to watch the old game shows, uh, buzz or whatever it is, to find something that we can watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't sit there and watch this. I mean, women on, on, on in Hollywood, man, they're all over the town. Their breasts sticking out of their shirts, man. It's it's horrible. And you don't know what. And you say, well, how long could this? It, it, it can't be much longer. How long is God going to, God's all long and loving and God's all patient, but I, I think, <laughs> listen, when, when he said, it, when he said, the flood's coming, <laughs> Noah shut the door. God had to shut it for Noah. When God shut that door, that was it. And judgment is coming. But I don't know about you, but I'm going home. <laughs> when, I, when I was there Thursday night, I said, Lord, I got hope. <laughs> I know. It's just because it was a certainty, a confidence that I had that he's coming. And I was excited. You know, it wasn't something I made up in my mind. It was just a spirit of the Lord that told me, I'm coming, son. Hallelujah. I'm coming. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm going to be there soon. <laughs> it's like nothing else mattered, y'all. It's just like I couldn't think about all this stuff that's going on in the world. It's just nothing else mattered. I, just, I said, Lord. Praise God, I wanted to worship. I just wanted to worship. I just wanted to praise God. I said, 
I, wanted to, I just wanted to be in his presence. Amen. That's all that mattered. Would you stand up? Praise God. And I want to ask you a question. If you were to pass onto God's rod, would he put it down on you? Would he say, well done, good and faithful servant? I could think in my mind, you know, 9, 10, 20, 50 sheep passing before God puts that rod down. You know, I said, to my, I said Lord, I, I want it on me. I want that rod to come down on me. And I can't, listen, me and my wife love each other, but I can't take her to heaven. She has to make a decision on her own whether she's going to be accepted or not by God. Right? And that only depends on whether you are doing and following God's word and doing what he says. You know, I, I believe faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I believe you're not saved by your works, lest any man should boast. But I believe your works are going to produce your, what your faith is showing you. And what you got in your life is going to produce fruit, right? If you love God, you're going to be following this book. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, and you, there's going to be more lies being told about Jesus Christ in the near future than it's ever been. They're going to make Jesus homosexual. They're going to use scripture like John laid his breast on, on Jesus' head on Jesus' breast. Not they were homosexual. Watch, it's coming. They're going to make Jesus sound. They're already trying to do it with Mary Magdalene. Jesus got descendants now. He married Mary Magdalene now. You know, with the, with the, uh, with the Da Vinci Code and all that. That's, that's a lie from the pits of hell, man. That's to de <laughs> destroy the, 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 the godship of Jesus. To destroy the deity of Jesus. To make Jesus like me and you. Could you imagine walking this earth never telling a lie? Jesus did it. You could imagine Jesus never lusting. Jesus did. You could imagine Jesus never had pride or envy in his heart. Jesus did it. Oh, no, Jesus wasn't that. Yes, he was. Because he had no sin in him. Right? But sad to say, we were born with the seed of Adam. And the only one that could redeem that's my miserable life is that blood of Jesus. That perfect man that died on that cross. No, he didn't have a wife. No, he wasn't homosexual. Watch, you mark my words. That's going to be the next thing they're going to come out with. Jesus would have, and I was listening the other day. Listen, you might think I'm lying. I was listening to these dinglings on the view. And that's what they are. That's what they are, a number of bunch of dinglings. Turning around and said, Jesus would be marching with the LGB people. He would be embracing them. You ain't reading the same Bible I'm reading. Bible says man with man working that which is unseemly and receiving in himself the just of their errors. You know, leaving the natural use of a woman, burning in their lusts one for another. They're going to bring upon themselves damnation unto themselves. Now my Bible says that in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Or verse, whole chapter. No, Jesus would not be walking with the LGB. They want to repent? Yeah, he go he, like he did with the people, the, the, the publicans and the sinners. He ate with them. But he told them the gospel. He told them what they needed to do. He didn't go, he, they were sick, the Bible said, when it is, uh, the Pharisees accused him from eating. He said, it's not those that are healthy that need a physician, but those that are sick. I'm here to bring them to repentance. But anyway, let's pray.
But Lord, I thank you for this morning. I ask you to minister to the people here this morning and those that are listening on the internet that they would find peace with you and surrender to you. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you are the God of your word, that you're not going to change this word for me, for no preacher, for no priest, for no rabbi, for no, no one. It is your word. And it changes not. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I thank you for the covenant we made with Jesus. The blood covenant that we made with Christ. That we're saved through the grace of Jesus. That we're saved through the blood of Jesus. That he's given us the strength to live a holy and a just life. Lord, I thank you. That when, you, when I'm going to pass before you. And that we're going to pass before you as a church. You're going to put that rod down. This is my daughter. This is my son. He is accepted. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I thank God for you people. I love you, man. I want to see y'all serve God with y'all. Listen, I'm going to start talking a little bit about the coming of Jesus. You know why? Because we need to know it. That's the first thing he warned us of. Like I said earlier, let no man deceive you, right? That's the first thing. And he goes in, you know, you saw earthquakes and divers, but you know how to, you go ahead and read it. Uh, we are there. We are there. We are there.